Hello everyone, and welcome to Authentic on Air with Bruce Alexander, and I'm your host, Bruce Alexander. Uh, today we have a very special guest, extremely special to me, uh, my wife, Kate Alexander. She is a stay-at-home mom um, and owner of Milk and Honey Virtual. Uh, this guest is convenient, but it is also extremely exciting for me to have her on this podcast with me because I think that she is a extremely interesting person, and I think that you will also enjoy hearing what she has to say as well. Um, but more on that in a bit. So first, let's talk a little bit about my story, um, who I am and why you should listen to me. Um, I don't know that you should listen to my direction necessarily if it doesn't fit with you, but I think that I would be an interesting listen because of what I've been through, and I, I have a lot to share um, on authenticity and you know using your story to to propel yourself forward. So um, I spent my last 10 years uh, preparing for the fire department and being a firefighter and public educator. I changed my life, my location, and basically everything to follow in my father's footsteps as a firefighter. This was not my dream. This was a dream, not my dream. Um, but it provided an obvious path out of the poverty that I was uh, pretty much destined to raise my family in if I didn't make a change. Um, we had two kids with a third on the way. It was time to do something different. And this this career path has so many positives financially that it was hard for me to deny any longer. My dad had been pushing me this way for over 10 years. Um, there are a lot of positive adjectives commonly associated with firefighters. And in so many cases, um, they are true and relevant. But in my story, some of the adjectives that were much more pervasive were rigid, homogenous, bigoted, myopic, uh, petty, exclusive. That Those words really sum up my uh, experience with the fire department a lot better than some of the more common ones. The culture of the fire department crushed me. Um, in another episode, I'll talk about how I got mentally low enough to enter a 10-year abusive relationship with the fire department, but today we'll just leave it there. It crushed me. Um, everything I knew about myself was challenged daily, and I folded. I folded daily. Every day I, I, I was challenged to be myself, and I failed. I conformed not very successfully. I tried. <laughs> I tried to fold, and I wasn't even good at that. Um, I was showed over and over again that it was not my place to think, talk, or look outside the company box. Um, every day that I showed up to work as myself, I was punished. Uh, that is not what I was hired to do. I am a thinker, a creator, a talker, a collaborator, and I was hired to be a yes man, and what they call is a, uh, a neck downer. That's what it's called. Because they, they hired you to work from the neck down. I don't care about your brain. I don't care about your mouth. And I didn't realize that whenever I, whenever I started the job application process. I just thought about the good I could do. And the, both for my family and for the community. That, that was all I was concerned with. Because I needed to make money and I could do it in a way that would help the community. It seemed like a win-win. There's no losing here, right? <sighs> Wrong. I lost myself and hard. Um, 
it persisted so consistently for so long that all that remained of myself was doubt. I was resigned to continue my life in this way as a literal shell of my potential uh, until my character was questioned so severely that I was forced to wake up and get out before I lost myself forever. Um, that's a story for another time as well, but suffice to say, I had to start over. I had to. Everything in my being said it was time to start the journey of rebuilding myself for myself and for my family and doing something that I believed in with the skills that I had attained and serving people who believed in me. And that's, that's how, we, how we started here. Um, and I think that if nothing else, if I can help one person through my story show up more authentically in their life and feel safe to do so, and feel comforted in knowing that there's been others here before who felt like they couldn't be themselves and were able to, to beat that, then, then I've, done, I've done something good. But I'd like to do something great, and I'd like to reach a lot more people than that. Because I, I really do want to help make the world a better place. So, anyways, that brings me for, sorry, that brings me to today's reflection. Um, if you are not showing up as yourself every day, what would need to happen for you to change that and, and start doing life as you? And conversely, what would you sacrifice a piece of yourself for? What would, what would you stop showing up as yourself in your daily life? You know, what... What special allowance or what perk would it take in your life to make you start? Like, what would you sell your soul for, basically? Again, I, I encourage you to take that question and really challenge yourself with it. Don't take the easy way out and say, I, I would never, because that's not true. Everybody has a, everybody has a tipping point. Um, it's important to find out where it is and learn how to navigate it and create a support system it doesn't allow you to be in that situation to where you have to sacrifice yourself. Um, for now, we're going to get into the conversation that Kate and I recorded, recorded earlier. And I think you will find it as worthwhile as I did. It was a joy to have her on. Um, surprisingly, to some, we've been together almost 20 years. And I enjoy talking to her more now than I ever have because she is honestly one of the most interesting people I've ever met. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, this is Authentic on Air with Bruce Alexander. And let's welcome Kate. Okay. Segwaying from Catfish, well, I feel like uh, joining us on Authentic on Air with Bruce Alexander is a good place to start. Um, Hi, my name is Bruce Alexander, and I'm the host of Authentic on Air. I am here with my wife, Kate Alexander. Hello, Kate. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm a little shocked from our catfish reveal that we just talked about, so catfish give me a second. Catfish is always shocking. I'll give you time to process it. Though. Okay, good. Thank goodness, because I'm, sh I'm shook. Um, so, Kate, I know that you're my wife, but for those of you who don't know you as well as I do, can you introduce yourself, tell us something about who you are and why you think I had you on this show? Yeah, so I'm your wife. I'm Kate Alexander. Um, I've mostly been a 
stay-at-home mom for the last almost 14 years now. I think it's almost 14. Um, yeah, so I've done a little freelance work on and off the last couple of years, you know. Um, in the last year, though, I've started my own virtual assistance business and yeah, just put myself back out there in the working world. It's been an adventure. And yeah, that's, I mean, it is, I think is really pertinent to, you know, what I want to talk about uh, on Authentic on Air is, you know, you're putting yourself back out there. Yeah. And the, you know, the operative phase is yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of want to talk about that, you know, whether you're putting yourself or someone else out there. But first, um, this couple, ties in well with catfish. Absolutely, like <laughs> be a professional catfish. I, I, I was I was doing a little foreshadowing there earlier, <laughs> like just a uh, corporate catfish, you <laughs> call it. Catfish. Um, so I think that this should this should be exciting because, yeah. um, as long as we've been together, I mean, I feel like we can we can start rounding up to twenty years. Like, I Ooh. mean, right? I mean, I mean eighteen. Like. It was 17, like six months ago. So I feel like we're at least rounding up to 18. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm not a math. I'm not here for maths. Okay. Yeah. We can round up. To okay. We're rounding up to 18. Point. Point. We've been here like 50 years now. So <laughs> um, I, I think that we have different perspectives on a lot of things. Uh, we Absolutely. argue like let's, let's be authentic right off the bat. We don't always get along. We had an argument last night. We have, tabled that and we are getting along because we want to do this thing together yeah. like you want to help me you support me yeah. you are a great supporter of my dreams and i really i wanted you to be the first step in this journey for me because i think that for one you challenge me with your different perspectives you challenge me oh no she challenges me um but you all you know you've helped me grow a lot you've pushed me to grow and, you know, I give you so much of the credit for that. And I think that your perspectives on a lot of things has helped me form my views and has helped me, you know, solidify who I am. Yeah. And I think if there's anything I can offer to this world, it's to help people do that for themselves. And, you know, and even if it's just through talking about it and helping them process what they go through in the day to day and how they show up, you know, from somebody who's, who's been there. I really want to share that, and I appreciate you coming and starting the journey with me. Yeah, of course. All right, so a couple of housekeeping things. Um, you already told us who you are, um, Kate. Yes. I am. I humbly ask of you to respect this as a safe space and know that I'm not going to come at you. Please don't come at me. Either. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me let me put up my guard a little bit. Don't come at me. Uh, but for the viewers that we do gain. I want them to know that this is a place where they're, they're going to come and they're going to hear the truth as we know it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say that we're, you know, we're out here fact finding, but I want to know that we're not lying to our, our listeners. So if there's questions you're ever uncomfortable with, feel like I'm pushing you too hard, going too deep, too far, just, you know, feel free to take a second or tell me you don't feel comfortable answering that. It's too deep. It's too personal, whatever. Just, you know, don't okay. lie. <laughs> Let's, let's be honest let's let's go to a deeper place so we can help people yeah. heal you know that's that's really what i want to do is i want to help people heal because you know i've been through a lot uh especially whenever it comes to 
showing up as yourself and being punished for that, I've been through a lot. Yeah. And uh, we have both seen the depths of the despair it can drive someone to. I want to help avoid that for just even one person. Yeah. And, you know, I hope that this this helps with that. But, the, the, you know, we have to be vulnerable enough to, to, to let it, right? We do. If I'm we, not great at being vulnerable, but I'm here and I'm trying. I know I know you are. I know you, you have been great at showing up for me whenever I need you. So um, I need you to be vulnerable. Like, we're not going to get too crazy deep. I'm not going to. I'm not going to start probing your history for the most Oprah-like moments that are going to make you cry. <laughs> if I win a car, you can probe. <laughs> but just so you know, I hope you'll be comfortable enough to let the conversation go where it naturally and organically wants to go, and you know, we explore these issues as deeply as it as it feels right to do. Okay. Um. So, you know, I'm an asker. Like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know I'm an asker. So I, I might, you know, if I if I push too hard, please just you know back me off. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm going to ask the questions because I want to know the answers. Um, so let's let's start with an easy one. For you, what does it mean to be authentic? Be authentic. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a people keep it simple girl. Just be yourself. And, I mean, it's not as simple when you actually play that out in real life, but to be authentic, you're just kind of true to, I guess, a mixture of your values you have and respectful of the person you know you are. Like, you know, we're both ADHD, so Breach. that doesn't have to be like our core identity, but we have to be authentic as in respect ourselves, knowing that there's certain limitations we have or certain ways you know, we're not going to be able to shove our circle selves into a square box. Mm -hmm. So I think being authentic is just being aware of who you are and how you function in the world and show up that way and be honest with others about that. You started out with, I'm a keep it simple girl. And then you, then you gave (laughs) one of the most comprehensive definitions of authenticity, authenticity I can think of. Um, But I think you did a really great job. Like, you know, you talked about recognizing your limitations. Um, keeping true to your values. Like those, those two things right there, I think are the main keys Yeah, is if you know, you know the limits. And I think some limits can be pushed, but some are like, you know, I have, I get sensory overload easily. No. So it is not, it is not smart for me to schedule back to back meetings all day where I'm extroverting or put myself in an environment that I know is going to make me crash and burn and not be able to serve my people well. Absolutely. So those limitations, other limitations, like I would like to run a faster mile or something. I do not run to be fair, but you know, those are limitations you can work on. Right. So knowing what are flexible. What's not. And, what, and just knowing your limitations is not, is not necessarily uh, bowing down to them. It's not saying that sure. these are going to be the box that I'm kept in for the rest of my life, Yeah. but you have to know them. Yeah. If you don't know them, how are you ever going to change them, exceed them? True. Out- outperform them you gotta you gotta know right yeah knowing yourself is is the most important part to showing up as yourself because if you don't know who you are how do you show that to anybody right that's very true so i think that's i think that was a really good definition i think that um, maybe i should give the microphone to you and you'll be the podcast host because <laughs> you've done my job already i'm just going to scratch out all my information here because i don't need it now no problem um for for you, how high does showing up like 
as yourself rank on your day-to-day priority list? On my day-to-day priority list? I guess I'm kind of have a hard time not showing up to myself. I, to be fair, let me rewind. When I started doing virtual assistant work, it was me very much thinking I'm, I'm myself, but I'm also playing a role mm-hmm. as somebody else. So it took me a while to realize how important it was to show up. Now, I'm going to need you to rewind a little bit more. And what? <laughs> No, you said uh, you're yourself, but you're playing a role with somebody else. Like, okay, so <laughs> I feel like we're that generation where, well, you're almost forty. I'm almost mid thirties. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, we different generations now. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? We grew up with like our parents are like, you get that corporate role, that job, you hold down, you stay at the company for fifty years. You know. Yeah. I feel like I have that mentality in the back of my brain mashing up with younger generations that are kind of like doing their own thing. Mm. So I kind of felt the pressure to show up as someone who is polished and has it all together, which I don't think I don't have stuff together, but you know, I like to go outside and play in the dirt. I am, I like to garden. Thanks for being honest about that. Cause I, I mean, I wasn't going to put yeah. your dirty laundry. That's out there. who I am. I like to work with my hands and get dirty. Yeah. Like that's who I am. But I felt I kind of had to present as someone who is more corporate and professional. And again, I'm not not professional. I just felt like I had to have that facade on when Mm -hmm. I first started or people won't take you seriously. You know, I I was talking to um, my friend Derek Seaver about this as he, you know, black gentleman, uh, I think a little older than me. I'm not exactly sure he is, but he's got dreads. He he likes to be very casual. Mm -hmm. And he was having a conversation with a friend who was talking about barriers to entry. And he was saying, you need to do the khakis and a polo, man. You're missing out on a lot of opportunities. And he really didn't want to do it. And I, like my conversation to him was, you know, there's a difference between sacrificing who you are and finding a way to be who you are within the system. Yeah. And my, like, my compromise for him was shop until you find the khakis that you like. Find the one that, like the, that find the ones that fit the way that you like them to fit. Don't go out there and buy Dockers because they're not built for guys like us. Like Dockers are not they're gonna built, built for very few people. <laughs> okay, I mean, I don't know. Like it's on the rack, so you think that it fits somebody, right? Like it ain't me. So you know, like find the polo that you know that makes you feel like you belong in it. Yeah, because then it'll help you feel like you belong in that situation. Because you know. Barriers to entry are, they're a big deal. And you do have to figure out a way to navigate those, especially if there's a space that you want to belong in. Yeah. Um, you, you can't, you can't always just kick the door down and say, I'm going to do it my way. Right. That's when I realized I'm going to comb my hair before I get on a video call, you know, going to clean my face, might put on a little makeup, but I'm not going to put on, you know, a blazer. I am not a blazer girl. Right. I'm not going to do that. Right. So. I can have on a clean, I can be clean and that is professional. Instead of trying to put on a character, you decided to put a more polished version of yourself forward. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's, that's a big distinction that people have, a, have trouble making is that they're not able to, to distinguish the character from just trying to make yourself a little better for the situation. Yeah. Like, 
if you, once again, if you know yourself, you know what you're willing to sacrifice, you know what you're willing to, um, you know, you've got your risk reward, like the things that mean a lot to you. If wearing makeup is like a huge deal to you, like you're like, I don't want to wear makeup. I hate wearing makeup. It's, yeah. I feel like it's so false. So to put on makeup to go get a job, like, do you think that's a job that you should really be going for? Yeah, no. And I, that's what made it click. It's like, wow, I'm presenting as this person. I cannot play this person all the time. Yes. So I have to show up as me. So if I get that job and I work with that client, it is sustainable because they know who I am. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so proud of you for making that recognition because that's it's a hard one to accept. It, is. it took me 10 years. I think it helped finally getting on enough calls with people and seeing them sitting on their couch in a sweatshirt. <laughs> Again, a clean sweatshirt, but you know. <laughs> it's I a sweatshirt all the same. COVID really helped people in that. It really helped people like me in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you want to get dressed up very nice every day for work, that's great. It killed just, people like me. Yeah, it killed some of us. Put about 20 pounds on us. Um, made us forget how to talk to people in person. <laughs> How do you get dressed again? Like, yeah, it's never been my strong suit. I was a strong suit. I was wore, my strong suit. I wore sweatpants and a t-shirt in high school. I've just been rocking my I don't care look for a very long time. But I, as an adult, I do care a little more, and I want. I know appearances matter somewhat, so I don't want to totally write that off. But it is not the driving factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, hopefully for anybody, as they grow their values, they if not change, they, they develop more, they become yeah. more thought out, there's, there's more uh, depth to them. And whenever you develop that depth, the way that you react to those values is going to change. Like, Absolutely. so, of course, you don't want to wear the same t-shirt and jeans that you wore 15 years ago, because you're not that person anymore. Like, yeah. you're, you're yeah. a version of that person who's been through so much more. Mm-hmm. And has such a better understanding of how you want to exist in the world. Yeah. And, and I'm seeing you apply that more and more every day. And like I said, I'm proud. Thank Your you. gold star is in the mail. I'm waiting on it. You got it from Timu. It was very cheap. It's not instant, though. <laughs> um, so moving on, you didn't actually answer the question. <laughs> how high does it rank on your priority list? Um, like in my mental space, it like doesn't rank that high, but when I actually think about it, it ranks very high. Mm. Before you from before you expound on that, do you think it's set deep enough into your uh, into your belief system that it's automatic? Maybe so. I've always been a person who struggled with doing things they don't believe in. Mm, that's true. I just kind of always had a strong sense of maybe not being able to define my values and beliefs, but I, they're always there and they're strong. Mm. So yeah, I think it is just kind of inset a little more where I don't topically think about it often. So it's not an, an intentional daily thought, but you feel like when you look back at your day, you feel like you've been pretty much consistently yourself most times. Yeah, I think being thrown into the business world has changed that, though, and made me think about it more, Mm -hmm. because you do have to be more um, conscious of it. Like, I definitely think, I don't know if it's ADHD or what, but when I talk to people, 
sometimes I mask who I am and it's mm-hmm. not intentional. It's just something I've always done where I kind of, you know, respond to their energy and just kind of, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a thin line between masking and having, being a good listener. Like, yeah, know. I I know I'm a good listener, but I also know I mask and just kind of start talking like other people, mm-hmm. like I absorb them, and, and I've had to make a conscious conscious effort to not do that and not show up the way I assume people are going to think of me. Right, just show up as myself. Absolutely, and you know that once again, that's power. It's powerful stuff. Knowing that, making that intentional thought to like say, I've got interviews, I've got you know discovery meetings, I've got whatever. Um, I need to make sure that I'm being me. Yeah. That's, it's a big thought. And so I would say it is very important because if I don't show up myself and I present a different version of myself, I will burn out and I will crash mm-hmm. trying to live up to that expectation. Yeah. So, Great. So um, now that you are, you've, you've got a you know client or two, you've started actually actively doing work like your your business is actively running how well do you think you've been able to uphold that intentionality um pretty good because again i had meetings with people where it didn't work out because maybe not because i wasn't being myself for whatever reason it mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to happen so the clients i do have are ones that i did show up as myself i wasn't masking as somebody else mm-hmm. and it's it's sustainable and would you would you say that you're surprised um, or people are what are what you expected whenever you show up as yourself? Do you, do you think it's, you know, are you like, oh, wow, I'm myself and nobody's like slamming the door and running the other way? Or It's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. A little bit of both. Um, obviously, surprise. And it's something like I value when people are different from me and they have different perspectives. And I forget that other people also value that. So it's like, oh, hey, let's try this. I don't think this is working. You know, my, I don't know, the little voice in my head wants to tell me just be quiet. Just stuff yourself down and listen to this person because they know what they're doing. But it's like, oh, wow, no, I solved the problem. Because I was just being myself, using my brain to think creatively to solve problems. And it worked. You you just, uh, you bounced off of an issue that I wanted to bring up maybe a little bit later, but I think that it's a perfect segue. Mm-hmm. People don't like to talk about this elephant that's in every room, but let's talk about it. Imposter syndrome. How do you feel like... People love to talk about it. People don't always love to do things about it. Okay, <laughs> sure. So people, people don't like to face it, but they yeah. love to talk about it. All right. How do you, how do you, how do you face it? Because I know, I know you dealt with it. There's no hiding here because Absolutely. I live with you. I would like a cardigan, please. I hide. <laughs> um, side note for those of you who do not know my wife, cardigans are her security blanket that she wears. And I'm actually surprised. I that took she... mine off because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> The fact that she started this podcast without a cardigan is literally one of the most amazing things that's ever happened. And it changes. She will generally hide under it whenever she feels a little exposed. Um, she doesn't have it now. So, I mean, I guess that's a good sign that we are going to get the real Kate and all of it. What was the actual question about imposter syndrome? How do you face it? Like where, I mean, let's, right. let's talk, let's talk. 
you've had some interesting experiences with it. So let's let's really get into it. Let's talk about several aspects of it. Let's start with how do you face it? The biggest thing that has helped me is talking with a lot of different people. And whether these were my coach I worked with or clients I've talked to or just, you know, people I've networked with, if you talk to them long enough, everyone will always say, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making this up as I grow. Right. Like well, maybe they got to a level where they know what they're doing. They're growing their business and they don't know what it looks like to be in that space. Right. So they're just faking it. Mm-hmm. Not faking it, but you know. I mean, faking it to a degree. Like at least part of it, I mean, being an adult is is really just pretending like you know what, what's going to happen next. Yeah. So I think once I realized nobody knows what they're doing. Wow. I can show up with confidence as who I am. Even if I haven't, you know, done this thing they need me to do 50 times, I don't know inside and out. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a problem solver. I can figure it out. Like, I know that about myself. I can ask you, like, you know, <laughs> I can figure it out. Like, I can do it. Absolutely. And so I think presenting myself with a little bit of that energy from other people, not that I'm like, you know, taking their personality, Sucky by. but realizing you have to believe in yourself enough to get to that next level and then I tried it and then I started getting clients and having more conversations with people I'm like oh hey I mean it's okay if I still feel like a fraud sometimes you know but don't let that energy leave the conversations you're having and then what's really important to me is that you feel like a fraud sure but your credentials say that you're not yeah. Like you, you've been in this space plenty. You've done lots of things that serve, that served you on this journey mm-hmm. and prepared you for it. Yeah. So like that's, for me, that was a big thing as I was, you know, being a public educator and I was, you know, teaching in front of crowds of, you know, hundreds. And I, you know, I'd start to have thoughts of like, who am I to teach these people yeah. anything about fire safety or anything? I was like, oh yeah. I'm the person who was trained to do this. I'm the person who's been making presentations or dealing with talking to people or pitching or doing whatever that has to do with being in front of a crowd for my entire life. Like I'm prepared. Like I'm, I'm actually credentialed for this. I, not me, who, me, who else? Yeah. Like, why not me? Right. And there's, there's really no reason. So whenever that, that imposter syndrome creeps in, it's like, it's like, not you, not you, but why not? And, and there really isn't a good reason most of the time. And if there is, then you probably shouldn't be in that situation. It's, you know, it's like, why am I teaching a math class? Oh, I should not be. This is not a place where I belong. Right. And I think part of being authentic is just being honest about that, too. Like, again, you can be honest about your skills and your experience, but also speak confidence. And- yeah. Well, I don't think imposter syndrome, I don't know if it ever goes away. It hasn't gone away for me in, mm-hmm. in any aspect of my life all the way. You know, we've been homeschooling for a decade and sometimes still people ask me questions. I'm like, well, you know, my kid's only in eighth grade, so I can only help you so much, right. even though I know I have a large amount of experience in that mm-hmm. department. So. so sticking with the same topic. When do you like, can you think of a a situation or an experience you've had 
where imposter syndrome has um, been been a barrier to you achieving a task or attaining a goal or, you know, starting down a journey or like, you know, just a time whenever you, you let it win. I can definitely think on a small scale. I know I had a call a couple weeks ago with someone and I had no problem doing the job. I felt extreme. I felt overqualified for it, if anything. Hmm. But I let myself speak about myself in a way that's like, oh, well, you know, I can, I can do that. Yeah, but I don't really have experience. And like, hmm. Just, I let myself get small. Hmm. Ooh, I, I, I like that. Yeah. And I didn't get the job. You know, she emailed me back. She was super nice. And we had a great conversation. But I just, when you don't speak about yourself positively enough, mm-hmm. no one's going to take you seriously. Absolutely. So I'm sure on larger scales, yes, I've let imposter syndrome drive me in other ways, you know, personal ways. I mean, I'm, I'm not looking for any specific story. I'm not trying to like, I'm not, I'm not searching for something specific here. To me, like that—that's a very relatable story. Yeah, that's you know, that's that's something that I feel like we've all been through some version of that, where we let ourselves become small. Yeah. And man, I—I I don't think I could have coined a better phrase myself. I've been writing on it for twenty years. Like, I think that is such a good way to like talk about how imposter syndrome makes you feel, mm-hmm. and and whenever it wins, you become small, and you you hope that nobody can see you because you're so tiny. It's like if I'm if I'm just so tiny that nobody can nobody can see that I'm a fraud, right? Which then, if no one sees you, no one sees you. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like you got what you wanted. Oh, nobody sees me now. Yeah. Wait, nobody sees me now. Right. That's part of I like being a virtual assistant. I get to do a lot behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be the face of something. Right. Except my own business, which is hell trying to market because you can't be small. Yes. No one's going to hire you if you do not exist. But you know what I always say is there are people looking for you, but if you make it impossible to find you, yeah, they're not gonna be able to hire you. <laughs> That's just how that whole uh, business thing works. So rude. How I know, right? If only there was some like hidden passageway people could come to see me where they didn't have to like see me. Yeah. Yeah. Like Wizard of Oz type situation. Maybe we should have thought this in school. Um, I think like you've always said I'm not good with words. Like, you know, words are a struggle for me, which I'm I'm not always good with verbalizing them. I feel like if I sit down and process them and write them out, mm-hmm. I'm good with words. And I agree. And then you I don't did you re pre write your answers to this? No. I, I was just gonna ask You're doing really well. I was gonna ask you for the questions this morning so I could go over and rehearse them in my mind. So. Oh god, I'm so glad you didn't do that. I would see that would have I would have made me feel away. Like yeah, it I don't like you know, it's not like like I let you look at the questions last night. For one, because you're my wife and I I want your input. Yeah. For two, like you asked to see them and I don't you know, I'm not gonna like try to peekaboo you with these questions and like cut her off guard. But at the same time, like it's really hard to be yourself whenever you pre like pre canned your responses. Like yes even no. Well, okay, so there's being yourself in a vacuum whenever you're answering questions down on the paper to your own mind. But when you're reacting to me, 
there's going to be different. The reaction, yes. Just, you know, you're someone who processes things very fast in response I'll to them. stop. I'm one of those people who says they don't like small talk, but I end up talking about the weather nine out of ten times because I hate awkward <laughs> silence. So but I'm you like, also like talking about the weather. There's that, too. Okay, that's true. I'm from Oklahoma. I'm from the South-ish. We talk about the weather. That's who we are. But... That being said, I love to go deeper with people, so I just don't always. Sometimes I'm trying to fill the void. Mm. So, yeah, obviously you're my husband, so this is a little more organic for me as opposed to talking to a stranger. A little bit more organic. So I this is one, you know, like our tenth conversation we've had in those in those fifty years. Oh. Um, so let's let's switch from imposter syndrome. To back to authenticity. Okay. Um, can you think of a time when you were being sincerely authentic and it didn't work out for you? It didn't work out. Um, yeah. I recently had a call with someone and I was like, to be honest with you, no. I, I, I don't know how to do that. You know, I can learn. I know I can learn things, but I cannot do that. I'm not even going to fake it enough to know that I could be in that area. I'm just not even that arena. Right. So I talked up my skills, what I can do. And they were actually like, oh, well, you're not right for this position. I think we can both agree on that. But we might need your help over here. Like, I think it's okay to be honest about who you are and then highlight the things you are good at. Because there's always someone who needs the things that are you, yeah. you know. And obviously, you know, don't go. Example here, you know, I'm not going to go work for a Jewish organization, pretend to be Jewish. Like that is so violating of everyone. You know, there's there's common, there's deep beliefs and values that if you violate, they're just. What was the question? <laughs> okay, um, the question was. Uh, Being authentic, but it doesn't work out. For yeah, you. yeah. So there's a lot of times I don't think it is going to work out because you being are because you're being authentic, but you're saving everyone's time, so you can find the people who need you and you need them. So I, I appreciate what you're doing, but you're actually you're talking about how it does work out for you. Well, it's everything like, works out, okay? Everything works out the way it's supposed to work out. Who are you? <laughs> like that. You do have a big picture, everything works out yes. view, but in the moment it is scary and it doesn't work out, right? I, I like I want to talk about something one of those times where you we, want to talk about something that didn't work out and yeah. I was God, why is this not working out? The house behind us that my mom was gonna buy. Mm. That is not business wise at all, but it is No, yeah, we're talking about life here too. Yeah. Um well as a family, we were authentic about that. So a little uh little backstory here. My mother-in-law, uh, God bless her, has was going to help support us. She moved to Oklahoma City, you know, a few years after we moved down here for the fire department. She moved to the village. We moved more south. She was going to move closer to us, and we'd gotten to where we were too far apart. We wanted to get her closer to us so we could have more of a community sense in our life. Yeah, as an only child in. As an only child, and my parents are not supportive in the ways that we needed at the time. Um, and that's that's where we'll stop there because that's a whole episode to itself. Maybe a series. Wanted we wanted to be close to her. So I went to the house behind us 
And I asked them, I said, hey, would you guys be interested in selling your house at any point in the near future? And the husband said, I, I don't maybe let me ask my wife. And based on our information, they decided to put it on the market about, what, three months later? No, it was like a year later. That, that they started working towards putting it on the market. Sorry. They started, they started making improvements in their house. They started, you know, doing all this stuff. And I contacted them again. And I was like, hey, we would love to just purchase that house. You don't have to do all that work. You, you know, we don't have to figure out realtors. You don't have to do all this stuff. You know, we just like to buy it. And she really was kind of incommunicado until she'd done all the work that she was going to do almost completely. And then finally kind of got in contact with my mother-in-law and I'll, and I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> yeah. So she was finally like, yeah, come over and see the house. I'm going to show it to you before we list it. So, you know, if it works out, you can buy it. Great. If not, we'll go ahead and list it. My mom comes to the house. They're like, you know, we know we're not going to use realtors to go through you. So that'll take some off the asking price because it reduces realtor fee. Whew. They came back with a number that was probably 50 grand over what the house was worth, even in the market is today. Mm-hmm. So long story short, my mom did not get the house. They had that house on the market for six months. No one, and I don't even think anyone looked at it, honestly. And yeah, they pulled it off the market a couple months ago and it's just been sitting there. Yeah. So at the time when it was happening, it was like, why is this happening? Like, we were really honest with her. We were mm-hmm. like, you know, so straightforward. Yeah. My mom was willing to pay top dollar for what it over what it was worth, but not so much where she could never sell it and make her money. Yeah. But th- this was in a market when people were paying 30 grand over asking on pretty much every house. And your mom was willing to make a competing offer yeah. with that based on the market. And she came in another 30,000 over that yeah, basically. Absolutely. Oh my and yeah so it didn't work out at the time i was like why is it not working out you know we were really honest with her we were paying for the money she wanted and let's not let's not forget this little caveat we were not going to use realtors right oh no, no but but she instead of bringing it down to the number that we talked about she was keeping the amount that would go to the realtor on because she said that she deserves the money that would go to the realtor. So she said she wanted to ask about two eighty. She thought her house was worth two eighty, which we knew it wasn't. No, my mom nice. offered her two sixty. You know, minus mm-hmm. realtor fees would have been at least in the two sixties after mm-hmm. realtor fees. That's what she would have netted. She thought that was absolutely insane, and my mom should pay her two seventy five. Because she was acting as a realtor. Oh, I was like, I will do all the work. This is a long story. For another reason. Anyways, it worked out because you're no longer with the fire department. We're not going to stay in Oklahoma City. Yeah, so you're doing that. You're staying in the part where it just didn't work out for a while. Because it is a beautiful thing it didn't work out. If it, it worked is. out, we would have been... We, your mom, we, we could have been fine. No, we would have been tied here. We would have been more down. We couldn't have moved because my mom would have been... Directly she behind She couldn't us. have sold her house no. and gotten back what she paid for. Because the house was never worth that much. And we would have, we would have, I mean, if we didn't, if we weren't responsible, we at least would have felt responsible. Yes. For having so it. again, if I would have showed up, not as myself, as someone who loves Oklahoma City and loves being here, then I would have been stuck here if she'd gotten that house. And I would have been by my mom. That would have been great. But it would have eaten away at my soul. 
Yeah. Just like the fire department was eating away at mine. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah, it's... That's, yeah, that, it was a long story, but I think that it does it does really play into how, you know, interacting authentically can really have a whole myriad of effects because it's not, interactions are not a one-way street. You know, you showing up authentically doesn't mean that it's going to merit any specific response for the person that you're interacting with. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it, just in our marriage, you showed up inauthentically in parts of it. Whoa, I said you weren't going to come at me. I don't mean it in a rude way. Just in a way you know where you didn't feel up, you didn't grow up feeling safe to, like, tell your problems. Wow. I wear my heart on my sleeves. You know my issues most of the time. That's true. And it caused a lot of problems because I didn't know what the actual problem was because you were just pretending that it wasn't, you know? And I mean, it's, you can't build, build deep relationships or any relationships, nothing meaningful if you're not authentic. Um, Absolutely. Being authentic in... And our marriage is something that is extremely important to me now. Yeah. Um, and it's not that it was even never not important to me. It's just that I didn't know. Like, yeah. I didn't know how. Yeah. I didn't know how to relationship. Like, you know, you know, my example of a marriage was a very toxic one. Yeah. And it didn't involve a whole lot of, you know, uh, communication, period. Yeah. Like, I don't remember my parents ever having a conversation that wasn't charged with emotion i mean i don't either i just came out of it differently yeah you mean my yeah. personality you you definitely you know because there are the the factors that affect us you know from our our upbringing and there's the factors that we take into that situation already like right. we're, we're born a person you know we're just going to be molded by those events that happen and my parents still don't hate each other for yeah, my parents do. do. So. Like, you know, there's likely to be a knife fight if they're in the same room for too long. Yeah. Like, so, and that has definitely affected how I get along with them now. Um, here's a question. Dun, dun, dun. What do you think of people who are not afraid to be themselves 100% of the time? What do I think of them? Yeah, I guess like, it depends on the way they're being themselves 100% of the time. What, is that, what does that mean? Your mother is someone who thinks she is her 100% of the time. Okay, so she thinks she is. There are a lot of people out there who I believe think they are, or maybe they're showing up as who they are right now, sure. but they're not always doing it in a way that is kind and respectable of other people. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. So, yeah, that's... I think the people who are putting themselves out there and are being honest about themselves. I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, because I think that if you are being 100% yourself, that means you're also accepting of your weaknesses and your limitations. And my mom does not do that. Either. Maybe it's just, yeah, I guess the way I perceive when people, when people talk about I'm showing up as me 100%, sometimes I feel like that's not actually true. They're trying to convince themselves they are. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of back-end work that needs to happen. So if you're showing up authentically as yourself, you're probably not saying that out loud. You're just um, simply existing. Uh, I'm not going to totally disagree with that, but I... Not, I, not one size fits all. I do, I do think that the people who are out here hollering like, that's just who I am, are people who are making excuses not to grow. 
yeah, I think a lot of that can be misinterpreted for being authentic. Mm-hmm. If you're not listening to feedback from other people or you're ignoring things that are hard because this is just who you are. Right. Yeah, often this is just who I am as an excuse. Yeah, being rigid is not being authentic. You know, saying like, I'm, that's just, sorry. And, and I've been this in our relationship mm-hmm. because I I'm didn't, sure I've been it too. I didn't know how to grow and communicate yet. Like these, these were things I had to learn. These were muscles I had to strengthen. Yeah. And I, you know, was like, sorry, you know, I grew up like we showed love by making fun of each other. Yeah. And that you're just going to have to toughen up, babe. And that crushed you. Yeah. And it took me a long time to see how much that affected you and how much the, you know, how much the joking hurt me. Yeah. Right. Like that's, you know, that's how we show love, quote unquote. And it never felt good, no. <laughs> like, you know, because it feels good when you're the one making the joke. Yeah, that. sure. Yeah, that's, you know, it can feel uh, empowering. I don't even know if it feels good. It just feels powerful. It feels, yeah, it feels powerful. If whenever you're the one who is, you know, in control and you're not the butt of the joke, it makes right. all the difference. But it's really important to to maintain control of that feeling you have whenever you're not, whenever you're the one who's the butt of the joke, because losing that you know losing that a uh, relationship to where I, to where you belong and like on that spectrum is so detrimental to like your mental space and like in keeping right. um uh keeping grounded in who you really are yeah so i really admire the people who show up as themselves because it's just like i said it's so much easier to build relationships and grow if you have a solid foundation of who you are and what you believe in if not it's like gosh you can tell when someone isn't not all the time but you can often tell when someone's not being themselves and you know, there's walls mm-hmm. hard to try to get past one of my favorite things about being an authentic person is to me it makes it okay for me to be dumb sometimes like i'm a person who considers myself to be pretty intelligent like somewhat wise, but a lot of my wiseness comes in saying, I don't know that. Like, what do you mean? Can you, can you dive a little deeper on that? Can you explain this to me? Like, I want to learn things. And whenever you, whenever you are putting up this persona that you've got your, your stuff together, it's really hard to then say, well, could you explain this to me? Like a five-year-old. But whenever you're like, hey, like I'm like I'm a work in progress, yeah. you know, like I'm still developing. I, I'd like to know more about this. Could you would you mind explaining it to me? People do it, and they and they are happy to do it. I admire that about you. I'm not always good with that. I was the smart kid in class. So if I asked a dumb question, I felt dumb. You know, like I do not like feeling like I don't. There's lots of things I don't. Know. <laughs> There's so many things I don't like. I don't like, I don't like the embarrassment that it comes with it for me, you know, mm. not knowing things. So I really admire people who can admit they don't know something and just ask clarifying questions, you know? And then this is another one of those things where we went through the same experiences. I was a smart kid in class too. Yeah. Um, but then I got to college at OU, which is this massive university. And I was one of 10,000 smart kids. Yeah. And, you know, in each class having three to five hundred people 
and the they're taught at a level to where there's no time to not understand. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I never had to study. So I just was dropped into a situation where all of a sudden I'd go from knowing everything to knowing absolutely nothing and not knowing how to catch up. Yeah. And it was terrifying. And it was, you know, it shook. Probably, I think that's the first time I can think of where it shook me foundationally of thinking I knew who I was and what I, what I brought to this world. And it was like, oh, I don't have that. Like, I don't, I'm not the smart kid. That's not, that's not the role I'm going to play in this world. But like, you know. I know the persona that you've built up. I mean, I experienced that too. Like, especially as a female who was good at math and science, there was a lot on me. You know, I have an aunt who's an engineer. She was always, I have two aunts are engineers, but chemical engineering. She was always kind of pushing me that. I had a, I remember distinctly being at the beach and my uncle Clint was like, hey, you could be the first woman on Mars. Wow. I was like, oh man, I'm smart for that. But like, I'll go to Mars. Like, <laughs> but all these people believe these things about me because I'm good at these things. And I never, it was hard once like we had Finny when we had our first kid. It was like, wow, this is all I ever wanted to do was have kids. Like at this point in my life, I obviously have other things I'd like to do, but mm. it wasn't a driving factor to be the best engineer there was out there. And But that's what people kind of thought of me because I was good at those things. So I had to get out of that people-pleasing mindset and realize I have to do things. I have to be authentic to me. Let's, uh, let's take a quick pause because this dog is probably breathing heavy into your mic. All right. So we're back. Um, thanks for... Staying with us through the commercial break. I don't know if I have commercials yet because I'm new to this. And hopefully we get monetized like super fast. So then I just can focus on this all the time. This, this is fun. That is fun. Hopefully I can get like big enough to where you can just virtual assistant like part time. And then you can be my like my girl Friday. Yeah. I think that's what girl Friday is. That's what I've always. I don't know. They get coffee in my mind. I mean, you do do that also. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. <laughs> Let's be authentic here. I had to make my own tea this morning. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming at you now. Morning. I'm coming at you now. You're supposed to finish all your home priorities before you get to work on your business stuff. That's not, that's not a routine, how that works. All right, so where were we? Before you so rudely interrupted us, you wanted to let the dog out. I didn't know. I know I'm just kidding. It was Rigby. Was, I have no idea. We I know that we were talking about. Do you have a question for me? Authenticity, and I'm I'm trying to remember where I was. Take my hand. Um, I think we're I think we're kind of circling this plane to land, but. You know, I'm just I'm enjoying the conversation, and I you know I feel like there's a lot more here yeah, that we haven't right. really we haven't really tapped into. Oh, you had mentioned something about your uh, your two engineer aunts mm -hmm. and your uncle uh, telling you you could be the first woman on Mars, yeah. and that sparked in me a thought of how do you how do you manage your authenticity and family. And family? 
Like, um, like outside of our nuclear family, because I feel like, you I know. I don't know. I feel like it's very different because my family is very different, you know? Mm-hmm. And my mom's family from the South, wherever Oklahoma is, this weird kind of southern place. And my dad's family is from northern New York. And they're very, very different. So I'm pretty quiet in my family. I just don't. I don't know. So, I mean, family's really important to you. Yeah. So you just staying out of it seems kind of counterintuitive. I don't, I don't even say I stay out of it. I just don't try to rock the boat. Or I don't know. I always feel not not authentic. I'm gonna come at you a little bit, a little bit. Your mom, you don't like to be honest with her. I don't. I don't feel like I like to be. I like to be dishonest. I don't feel like I'm like dishonest. Sometimes it's just easier to agree. I do get agreeable. That's for sure. Mm. Because a lot of my mom's family, God bless them, I love them all, have very strong opinions. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I do. Why wouldn't everyone do this? And it's like, well, that's not how the world works. And sometimes I do say that. But sometimes I just conserve energy. Like, Okay. Let's, let's get more specific. We've got, a, we've got a big change coming in our life. Yeah. And you haven't told your mom. No, I have not. I've, I've told her we've considered it. I haven't told her we're doing it. I mean, that's a, that's a big difference. Yeah, it's scary knowing that, you know, I'm an only child. My mom never got remarried. It's just my mom. And, you know, she moved back around my grandma and my aunt, which is great. But it feels like a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to be an only child. And um, I've always been close to my mom. It's hard. It feels like a personal attack mm. to you, move away. Do you really think it is, though? I'm afraid she will get that way. So that, I mean, that's a really tough thing. And that's, it's important that you come to terms with how you feel about it. So you can talk to her in a way that, that you're able to, to respect her feelings, but also respect, respect you because living in the house with you and talking about this subject, I know that it is smothering part of your life keeping a secret from her. Yeah. And I, and I, and it's, and it's, it is hurting me to watch you go through it. Yeah. It'll hurt me to watch you go through if she responds poorly as well. But at least I know that you, it's out there. I've been waiting to see her in person, you know, but she hasn't been feeling good. So I haven't gotten to see her. I haven't gotten to see her. Your Oklahoma came out. That's, that's okay. That's authentically <laughs> you, your country AF. <laughs> I have an associate's in English, but good lord, I can't use it when I talk. <laughs> that's for writing. It's very different. Yeah. Um, I respect that, and that's you know that's something I had, we had talked about in the aura I had considered is that you just wanted to tell her in person, and that makes sense. And, and it's very, it's always been hard talking about family, you know, and both our parents are divorced. My mom and dad are very different, and I always felt like I had to. I don't feel like I had to please them both, but if I was more one of them than the other, it just felt like there was a lot of conflict, and I didn't want more conflict in my life. 
So I kind of just learned to show up as the person that they were. You know, my dad likes talking about deep subjects for hours. Not about his life. Don't know what he does for work on. You know, my dad. He's weird like that. He doesn't like responsibility. He has always told me he knows what he doesn't want to do. He doesn't know what he wants to do. Or my mom is very much just do the things. Get your 401k, get your job and show up. And just basically do all these this set societal markers you need to do. And if you're not doing them, then. I mean, she's she's on the final steps of retiring. Failure. <laughs> uh, retiring on a from a job that she hates, right? Uh, she likes aspects of her job. If you were to say overall, I don't know what if my mom could pick any job in the world. I don't know what she'd do. She's mm-hmm. like me. She's an introvert. Introvert. I don't Let me think play she, instruments with your ancestors. <laughs> she doesn't like the meeting aspect. She mm-hmm. doesn't like meeting with people. She doesn't mind training one-on-one sometimes, I think, but like they have so many meetings, it's just kind of bullshit. She's not like that. Mm-hmm. She likes to get her work done and get it over with. Just talking about your mom mm-hmm. and you know, staying staying to the point of this podcast, authenticity. She I love your mom. Your mom has been amazing mm-hmm. to me and our family, and I like I have nothing but respect for her. But do you feel like you've inherited some of her tendencies to hide from the things that are the looming things in our lives? Probably. I don't know. I don't know if my mom hides. I don't know. Your mom hasn't been out with another person that's not family in 20 years. Yeah, my mom is an, an well, asshole. She's gone on so much trips, right? Like for like just for it's her own. It's so different, than, you know. Like my mom grew up in a big family. We did a lot of stuff together. Your mom grew up with a narcissistic mom who was cold and did not feel loved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very different, and I know generation wise is different. You know, like my grandparents. My mom always gives them crap. They have tile in their house. She's like, you guys are tripping and hurting yourselves. Just, you have the money. Put put money into flooring. Get some mm. get something softer. Maybe not carpet. You can also try to, like, some wood floors that are just, have a little give to them. They don't want to spend the money. They have, you know, six, six-figure savings account mm. that they're never going to spend. It's almost 90. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, each generation has a little bit of that hold on to where, sure, they grew up coming out of the depression and you don't spend money. And my mom is a different thing. You work hard because you need money. And then if you're not working, that money is gone. It's going to disappear. Yeah, you so def- I think you definitely got a little bit of that too. I do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think each generation is a little better and I can't speak to, I don't know. Here, here's the part that I know you can speak to because your mom has been making different promises on and off for Whenever I lose 20 pounds, whenever I lose 30 oh, pounds, yeah, absolutely. She's, she's been hiding from the world because she doesn't view herself as somebody who's worthy of enjoying it because she's overweight. Yeah, I know. She always thinks people are going to judge her. And it, it breaks my heart because she's a good person. And I don't think most people care because they're too concerned about their own stuff. I mean, right? 
Like everybody is thinking about how they look to everybody else, but nobody else cares. Yeah. Like, and the people who do care, they're not worth your time. They're not. Like they're like they're not worth the the exhaustion it takes to try to get over somebody else's feelings about you. Yeah. To put on clothes in the morning. Like I am overweight myself. I've gained so much weight, but I'm not going to let that stop me from enjoying the things I like in life. Like, yeah, you know, not saying that I go out and party every day or anything. I'm, I'm not really the extra that I once was, but it has nothing to do with needing to lose weight for it. Yeah. Like needing to be a fit for visible society. Like, yeah. and you know, and the, the reason why I bring this up is because your mom has a lot of the glaring markers to me that have, like, you know, subversively led to the behaviors in you. Um, like, isn't, you're not, neither one of you are conflict avoidant, like, <laughs> at all. Like, y'all will scream at each other, hang up the phone, and call back wow. and i do avoid conflict very much so though not with her well i guess yeah. that's true yeah you do but very much so yeah but then somehow you're still always in it like it's been a long time i don't know i feel like it was a couple of weeks ago that y'all were irritated you just get irritated with each other now i mean sometimes i get irritated but not even the other person knows that it's I've told you before, when you're irritated, it's, it's much more obvious than you think it is. Well, you know, her throat, she's had that throat stuff going on. And so it was kind of irritating her for a while where she was just, because she was in pain, she was irritated with everything. And it was mm. kind of like, you know, no one can do anything right. Sometimes you just get in your own crap and everything else is crap. So that it was hard. It was irritating, but I'm not going to tell her, Mom shut up like she's in a lot of pain i'm just trying to be there for her right yeah i I think it's really it's important to recognize that for one our parents are human very human and they've been through things that oftentimes they don't talk about or they don't you know there's stuff i found out about my mom 20 years after it happened i'm like wow that can really shape you as a person Mm -hmm. no idea so, for one, they're human. We we know that. That's our parents have made that enormously clear. But for two, that their stuff often creates our stuff. Yeah. And it can continue to create new stuff or shape our current stuff if we're not yeah. cognizant of that. So, you know, I think it's important to talk about your mom and, you know, and hiding from the world because with that hiding you take on even more as the single child you you feel like literally you are her outlet to the world that is a lot but if you if you talk about her not feeling safe enough not feeling vulnerable you know not being able to be vulnerable enough to to be open to the world, I hope that that will take away some of that pressure for you and say, like, this is not about me. 
It's, it's so important to, to see that it, it's not about you all the time. Yes, it's, you are her only child, so it is about you sometimes. But it can't be about you all the time. And if it is about you all the time, then isn't that a major problem? Isn't that worth talking about all on its own? Like it's it's important to get like give these things air for ones like a, a wound it's can't heal. Air position. <laughs> I felt a little condescending. No, I just there's a lot of stuff my mom. I don't want to go into. I mean, I'm not I'm not going digging up anything else. I'm just talking about how you have to give some air to some of it, mm-hmm. and also like we're talking about being authentic with your story. Yeah. And her story is a big part of your story. Yeah, I definitely think being an only child of parents who got divorced and are vastly different played a lot into my my personality mixed with kind of people please. My parents made them shaped me enormously, you know? Yeah. And so it's like I'm not trying to, you know, do a therapy session here, but you know, when you're talking about showing up authentically and, you know, and you feel like you've got a pretty good hold of it all the time. I want to make sure that you're being grounded in reality and knowing that there is a part of you always that you're, that you're hiding just a little bit. So you're trying to sweep the legs. <laughs> so I'm going for the leg, Daniel. Yeah, that is true. I definitely don't always. I feel like I'm not inauthentic sometimes. I just am not forthcoming with information. Mm-hmm. Which I do struggle with that in some relationships because I I just want to avoid conflict, you know. But uh, we can talk about how that spilled over into you not letting me get to know you for a long time. Is that you were afraid of me reacting away to a thing, so you just wouldn't tell me about it. Yeah, that's fair too. And so, whenever uh, we talk about showing up authentically. There is a very active part of it, and that's what most people talk about. But there's also the passive part, which is whenever people are looking to get to know you more and you're hiding parts of yourself, that's that's not really letting people get to know. I mean, in which there is, like, obviously there is levels of that. Like, yeah. if, if this is a coworker, they need to know, like, your whole backstory. Don't and your... trauma dump someone you just met. Exactly. That's a little red flag. Exactly. So. But whenever you're being, somebody's like taking an interest in you and they're trying to learn more about you and they're asking pointed questions about, you know, your life and your family and you're hiding parts of it. Like yeah. that's being, that's being inauthentic. That's true. And I'm like, I'm not saying that's make you feel worse because you can't see this, but she is crying. <laughs> She's not crying anymore. Actually. Wow. You win. Um, I just want to call Barbara Walters and thank her for teaching me this interview technique. Uh, no, it's like, it's important to know that it's okay to be vulnerable. Like it's, it's an amazing opportunity to grow. Yeah. Like hurting feels bad, but it can lead to something amazing. Yeah. Like that moment of discomfort where you tell somebody something that you're terrified to tell them can lead to that the most amazing feeling of acceptance and embrace. But it will never happen if you're hiding. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Thanks for coming to our 
sermon today. <laughs> I want to like let's let's not just have a cold stop here. Let's wind out a little bit and do a little cool down. What what does the future look like for you? In in a in a I positive way, like what you know, our life is in a lot of change right now. Yeah, we're in flux, and I, I forget that to me that's that's exciting, and you see it differently it, at times. It is exciting that you asked me a year ago. I know the next twelve years of my life are planned out, and they're not anymore. That is both exciting and terrifying. You know, mm-hmm. I'm excited to. I'm excited to grow my business. I'm excited to do life with you that feels like a partnership, you know? Mm-hmm. We're both kind of doing our own thing and trying to work around each other, which could absolutely explode, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited because, you know, before school ended, we were both homeschooling. And mm-hmm. I very much so like doing things with you. Really now? I do. I know you do. There's been a lot of stress around the reasons why we're doing things together, so mm-hmm. that's been difficult. But I am excited about that moving forward. And new adventures and kind of building a new foundation for our family. And yeah, it'll be, you know, Lori's about to turn seven. All our kids are in those ages of things they vividly will remember about life. And right. The formative years. Yeah, I'm excited to give them new opportunities. Like amazing experiences, I hope. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, we both are. I'm not gonna say hobby junkies. Like I would say that absolutely. I would say that about you. I wouldn't say I'm a hobby junkie because, like, I, I generally take on just a couple things. I take them on heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like I, I'm a I'm a serial monogamist whenever it comes to hobbies, and you were like, you were, you're working on many things. I like that seasonal office. Yeah. So, but I, I want you to take take a little time to plug, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Like, for, for a while you were, you know, doing a, a budgeting uh, page on Instagram, which you talked about money, and you're so good with handling finances. Yeah. I mean, I would like to do that again, just when we have, get a hold on, you know, making money ourselves, not just getting a paycheck from the city of Oklahoma city every month. You know? I mean, but honestly, like, I feel like there's a lot of intrigue in how you're stretching that to, you know, because you're, you're giving me the runway to start my business. You know, you've been extremely supportive for me taking the time working on a podcast, working on starting a business and not like going to actually find a job, like find concrete income. Yeah. I know it's been extremely stressful for you, but it's been, for me, it's been, crucial because if, if I had that doubt of maybe I should just go find a job, yeah. I know that I would have no chance of succeeding. Yeah. I, I, I know it. So I've internalized all that stress. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I just don't have the mental capacity to keep that up right now because I'm trying, I'm actively doing virtual assistant work yeah. and raising children and keeping up with the house. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the mental capacity. Well, I wasn't saying that you are being remiss and not doing anything. Yeah. I was just saying, like, that's not a good reason to not do it. You know me, if you give me a problem, I'm going to give you a solution. But if you just say, I don't have the mental bandwidth. Yeah, I'm sure. you don't have it. <laughs> to put all the eggs in the baskets of my house and 
the business that is actually making income. Mm -hmm. So talk, let's talk a little bit more about the business that is actually making income. Like, yeah. Plug your business, do it. Okay, deal with your big girl voice now. <laughs> this, I'm putting you on the spot. Like, let's. I know that you have not been coached by me much, but I know that you've you've taken on enough of the yeah. confidence to like to really talk about yourself now. So yeah, I'm just getting my business off the ground. I've done copywriting, blog writing. I've done virtual assistants in various aspects for multiple years with mm -hmm. friends and all the copywriting, blog writing. But um, yeah, so I'm building my virtual assistant business, trying to figure out that sweet spot of how many clients I can take on and how many hours to work. And I help. I love virtual assistants because I get to do a little bit of everything. And I feel like that helps with my ADHD brain. Yeah. Yes, I can schedule your social media posts. I can check these records for you. I can... On emails, organize your emails, you know, create templates. And there's a lot of little things that I just know how to do. So you're, you're QuickBooks certified. Mm -hmm. yeah. is, that, is that something that you offer with the service? Like this is me actually asking. Yeah, book, I a lot of people have bookkeepers, but I you absolutely do will do that. Too. You got an app for that. Okay, cool. Hi. So where can people find out more about Milk and Honey Virtual? Um, you can check out my Instagram at Milk and Honey Virtual. That's all I have right now. Okay. Yeah. I thought about making a website, but I don't think I really want to yet because I've met enough people just through Facebook groups, LinkedIn, Instagram, and yeah, I don't really need a website at the moment, but I mean, and hopefully we, we'll grow there and I'll think it's worthy of the time to do. We can see from our different ascents is that one of those has a quicker payoff than the other. And like, you know, you're networking and... <laughs> on social has, has paid off much faster than my building a website and now trying to figure out how to be a dinosaur networking in the social yeah. media age. Like I feel like it is definitely just who I am as a niche. I'm a mom who I connect deeply with other women mm -hmm. and because I, well, at the moment I mostly just work with women and um, yeah, so I feel like it's easy for me to, communicate with people and network with people of being myself you know just yeah. being like oh hey you need help like i know how time consuming it is to try to wear all the hats like let me take some of those hats i enjoy it i enjoy supporting people so, you know we've talked about yeah, we have we've talked about i don't it. like being a leader is in the sense of like me telling other people what to do mm. not that i like being told what to do but you don't like that either. i like when i can give somebody relief and take some stuff off their plate that brings mm. me joy and and i've told you as much as you didn't enjoy it in the moment that my favorite thing about you is how good you are at supporting yeah like you are the best support person i could ever ask for in in your actions yeah now your words sometimes they can be a little bitey but you, the, what you do, and that speaks volumes, is you support. I'm much better at doing it. And so, um, I don't know how far you are along with your business plan, but if you were to like speak to your Milk and Honey's vision or mission, or what the goal, what you want to give back to this earth, what would you say it is? Um, so I'm mostly actually looking for clients who do like service-based work. Not like e-commerce stores. I like people who are out there making a difference in the world. 
Mm-hmm. Whether it's as simple as we want a dog trainer. Like honestly, if our dogs weren't such little turds, that would be life changing sometimes. <laughs> like it would be. So yeah, that is a service. I feel like it is needed, and you know, but to much greater things like you know, nonprofits that help people recover from horrible events and rebuild mm-hmm. their life. Just throwing examples out there. Yeah, I just want to work with people who are doing good. And so you want to help people help people. I want to help people help people. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that I think that's amazing. And there's. You know, you have a, a an ability to make yourself small sometimes yeah. and make it seem like that's not a great thing. But it is. Like, your support that you've given me has given me space to become great. Yeah. Like, whether I live up to that potential or not, that's up to me now. So you going out and doing that for people, like saying, let me take this small stuff off of your plate so you can go, you can think about the bigger picture stuff. You can focus on what you're good at. Yeah. Like that is, I mean, I think that's a huge offering. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know how to do it. Like, you know, whenever, I don't know how I'll have, like be able to apply that to my business, but as soon as I'm able, I would love to be able to say like, yes, I want somebody to do that for me. Take these small things off my plate so I can focus on big picture and, and driving the overall vision of my business. Um, or, you know, drive the overall vision of my podcast and trying to reach people and, you know, generally help them feel authentic. That's, it's a, it's a huge thing that you're doing. Don't let it, don't let it become small. Okay. I'm proud of you in so many different ways. Thanks. So I'm going to talk to everybody on the podcast, not just my wife. I'm just going to tell everybody how proud I am of them and they're all going to get gold stars. My gold stars. No, I, I really am so proud of you, and I just I don't want to turn into a gush fest because you know gush fest as well. It's okay. Gush, I, I should do that off air, not on air. Fair, fair. Not authentic on air. <laughs> um, is there anything else I I forgot to ask you that you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. I'm just glad to have been here and talk to you because you know I'm still working on being vulnerable. I feel like part of most of me is authentic. Part of me can be harder to be more authentic verbally with. So this is a good exercise. Yeah. Um, thank you for being my guinea pig. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've done lots of different stuff before, but this is my first official podcast. That's mine. Like I've been on podcasts before. So this is my first official podcast. So I think it's been really good. I think we might be onto something here. Like, I don't know, what do you think? Am I am I high right now? <laughs> or is or is this is this something that I feel like the... this could have been maybe cut into two different podcasts though because this is really long. Um, not for me. Like all some people like twenty minute, thirty minute podcasts. I'm like an hour. Veered off and you, I started crying and you started talking about my mother. So you know that could be a well. Considering I said that this might go to a deep place, let's just let it go there if you're comfortable. That's exactly it. It's exactly how I, how I drew it up. So, <laughs> sorry, it's already happened. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, always trying to grow and learn how to be vulnerable. I've had to fast track that starting a business. So. I mean, if you want to start it right, a lot of people fast track it the other way and shut it down. Well, fortunately, I'm extremely sensitive, and I would just be like 
horizontal all the time if I was not authentic because I would crash and burn so hard. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I respect you making that, you know, that quantum leap to say, like, I just got to do it. I just got to get out there and be myself instead of like, for one, getting paralyzed, which, you know, I know that I was paralyzed for a moment. Yeah. I mean, getting paralyzed for a month. There are people who have been talking about their businesses for 10 years and they're still not, they're not doing it. It was much easier to me. Once I ripped the bandaid off, just do it and start talking to as many people as possible and then start doing the work. And it was just instant relief. Oh, I love it. Like that's, you know, that's like giving air to it. Like it is hard though, when you're starting and trying to be authentic to who you are and your beliefs and values and aligning those with other people. Cause I did run into that where it's like, Oh, I just want an opportunity to work with you. Wow. Your values really don't line up with mine. Like mm-hmm. this is not going to feel good. After was it, was it actually hard though? It was hard because it was like, I could do this, but I don't believe in this at all. And, then, and this will, well. Once you made that connection, it was, it was easy, wasn't it? I guess it's hard knowing that that door is shut. And sometimes you think there are limited numbers of doors. Mm-hmm. So many not. doors. So many doors. In this day and age, there's so many doors. There is. And I just, and you just see that one closing in your face. And it's like, oh. Wait a second. Maybe I could sell a little bit of my soul. Right. Just, oh, just crack the door pit. On the other side is actually a pit of despair. Exactly. You don't want it. You don't want it. And that's, you know, you know, we, we've had some talks about me, like, doing other things or, like, you know, taking this on or, like, maybe looking at this. And, yeah. you know, I've been, I've been on that other side of the door in that pit of despair for the last almost 10 years. And I'm not going back there. Yeah, there. That's also why I'm trying to work my butt off, so we don't have to go. Back. I know, and I know you are, and I appreciate the heck out of that, um, because it the the crushing defeat of having a job that gives <laughs> of just having a job. Oh God, it's terrible. <laughs> no, of having a job that gives you everything except for yourself. Yeah, I know. I watched it. That's that was hard, man. Really, it was hard to watch your the person you love and care about most in this world go through that. And it's, you know, especially the extreme situation that, you know, you have to be able to follow instructions or else people could die. Like it, it puts everything on such an elevated platform that, that you, you have to submit to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, you feel like you do like leaving doesn't feel like an option like ever. No. Like it just, you know, it was never even a thought until it got so bad that, I, I had to go. Yeah. And that's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to ever be put in that situation again where so much of who I am can be taken away from me by somebody else and they can literally have control over. When they provide you, you know, a well-paying job and security, it's hard to, it's hard to turn it away. It was, it was very hard to turn it away. It was extremely hard getting to the, the point where I always dreamt of being and then walking away. Yeah. Like that was so hard, but like, be, you know, it being six months later almost. And like, I haven't made a dime yet, but the, the emotional value of not being at the fire department every day, you couldn't, you couldn't possibly quantify it. Like you couldn't put it into dollars, but if it was, it's way more than I was getting paid there. That's a lot more. I don't know. <laughs> As someone who does the budgeting, no, it's been a 
it's been a blessing to have been flexible and just seeing how our kids just blossom, having both parents who are actively working on things, but flexible enough to come out and talk to them and just have more flexible days. It is really valuable. I've seen a huge impact on our family and that's what propels me to work hard is to keep that flexibility and our kids have access to us yeah, and access to us, not just the, the stressed shell. out shells of versions oh. of ourselves we were. Cause you know, I mean, I've always stayed home, but man, when you were working and you were in school and we didn't see you from, I mean, the kids didn't see you in the morning yeah, until it felt nine o'clock at night on some mm-hmm. nights that hurt and it hurt all of us. Yeah. And then I'm not showing up as my best version as a parent because I miss my partner. And just a cascade. cascade. Yeah, I'm just showing up as like a guest host in my own life. I'm just like, well, I'm only here for the next two hours, but yeah. while I'm here, I'd like to say hello to everybody. That's that's weird. It's weird. That that part was weird because that was you know in the latter phases of the extremely depressing part of the work, but now it's just like just sucking my mental space away. Yeah, I mean, there was obviously some parts when school, you weren't in school and you were just working and it wasn't race season. And, you know, you just worked your regular hours and you came home, but you still were drained. Yeah, still doing mental hula hoops all day long. All right, well, I'm going to let you get, I'm going to let you go. We'll let you. Well, let me let you go. Thank you. you Let me let you go because I'm doing you this service letting you go. Because you did me the service of giving me probably an hour and a half of your time. Yeah, of course. And I think that, you know, you, there's such a bright future in everything that you're working on and like and and for our family. Yeah. Because of everything that you're working on. I appreciate you. And, you know, as you move forward, I, I support everything that you're doing and I wanna do everything I can to help you be as authentic as you can in this life. Because you're my wife and Whenever I get the, the the best version of you, it's the realest version of you. Right. That so, is so true. We should have a marriage podcast. I mean, I, I I thought about talking about talking time, but I was like, that's going to lead us down another hour long road. You should, that should just be a separate podcast. Well, Showing so, up authentically in your marriage. So did you just commit to a second episode? That's what I just heard. Like, Y'all folks, have to check my schedule and actually put the things I send you in your calendar. So I remember. do. You switch the dates. Next week? I told you about next week. Like, yeah, I just hadn't looked at my calendar yet. Like, <laughs> the next week is a whole week away. Okay, it's actually like two days away now, but. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for joining us at Authentic on Air with Bruce Alexander. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to make you lunch now. All right, thanks. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, um, follow and subscribe. Hopefully I plan on putting episodes up at least every two weeks to start out with. And if I get some traction, I'll try to do it every week because I really enjoyed this and I would love to do it a lot more. Maybe this is my new job. I don't know. Let's check it out and maybe uh, find out together what it's like to be authentic on air. Um, You can also follow Authentic um, Identity Management which is my brand coaching business. And we are on Instagram at Authentic Identity Management, Facebook at the same, Twitter at Bruce, at a, or sorry, Authentic Bruce on Twitter. And um, I'm also on LinkedIn as Bruce Alexander. 
uh, please reach out to me if you have any questions. And if you feel like you got value out of today and you wanted to learn more about how I might be able to help you show up authentically in your life, uh, I'd love to talk to you.